journey begins with knowing where we are and being willing to go somewhere else. That's a quote from Richard Rohr. A good journey begins with knowing where we are and being willing to go somewhere else. How many people are trying to go somewhere else? Maybe not physically, I don't want you to move out of Louisville, but like, you're trying to go somewhere else, like mentally, maybe physically, like in your body. Uh, I am. And um, I'm, I'm in this process of trying to go somewhere else, and thankfully God is the one that's kind of doing this with me, which makes it um, a little bit easier. <laughs> um, so I want to start with just, I want to start with some ways that I've experienced, been experiencing God's love. Because I really feel like the way that God has been loving me has really created a safe space for me to kind of dig into some of these deeper parts that are unruly within me. And so I just want to celebrate because I really have a lot to celebrate. And thankfully, um, you know some of the things and not, but I just want to shout it out because God is good. So I got a new left knee, and uh, that's amazing. And like, it's such a miracle. Like, I've been hearing about a knee replacement for 20 years, and I've needed one about that long. And I just didn't know what I didn't know. And I'm so thankful. It truly is a miracle. And I'm so thankful for that. And during my recovery, like when I tell you I had the greatest care and nurturing, I mean, you guys cared for me. Um, but I also had my prince over here. Uh, and you know him as Mike. And when I tell you I am blessed and highly favored, he is my proof. I mean, right there. We just celebrated 30 years in covenant love with one another. And God is good. He is good to me. Um, and, and recently, we purchased two new cars. Um, not because we were, you know, oh, let's just buy two cars. But it was out of necessity. But like the beauty, the, the amazing part of it is that we had the finances to do that. God provided. And that is just a different kind of level, you know. God just was there um, and made that possible. And I'm just thankful. Um, another way that God has been loving me is I got to finish my two-year spiritual direction certification uh, this past year. And that has been a journey that I have loved every minute of and still am loving. And after 30 years of pastoring and longing for ordination, bam, one church comes in with love and affirmation. Thank you, Lord. And gives my heart what I've been longing for. And if that wasn't enough, right? It just keeps going. God is that good. While I was in recovery from my knee replacement, I got to go to Iron Belt for a day retreat. And, whew, wow. Like, whew, just showers of his presence and love and mind-blowing, just amazing. 
And then <laughs> I got to go um, to Colorado to a pastor's conference with uh, Pastor Mike, Pastor Kat, uh, some other pastors here in Louisville that I knew and didn't know. Um, and that was glorious. And, and God paid my way, like my plane ticket, which was crazy expensive, the car rental, room and board, like, that blown, just mind blown, just amazing. Um, and, and while we were there, we, were, our, we focused our thoughts and work around the story of the two sons whom the father loved. You probably know it as the prodigal son. And that was amazing. In our last session, we were invited to receive a father's blessing. I had really enjoyed my time away, the beauty, the fellowship, the rest, making new friends, um, meeting people from Louisville, some of which I knew and some of which I didn't know. And I went all, we went all the way to Colorado to meet them, but hey, it works. Um, but like at, we were approaching this last session and I really didn't have any big revelations or mountaintop experiences um, at that point. Um, unless you count the hike that Kat and I did up the mountain, uh, the Siamese Twin Rocks, um, which you can see on the top there. Um, and we made that hike because Matt had an, entreated Kat to find this tree on the bottom of the rocks here. And this tree um, apparently was a place of deep communion for Matt. Like, he apparently sat in front of this tree for a couple of hours. And so it was, it was, it's a sacred space for him. And so in honor of him, and because we love him, and because he asked, uh, we went and found this tree. Um, and, and then um, you'll see the other picture. And since, you know, we were talking about trees, we took a picture with another tree. <laughs> at a different spot, uh, and that is uh, uh, Reverend T.C., Kat, and, and I. Um, so those were mountaintop experiences, but, but not exactly the kind that I'm used to receiving from God when I go on a quest like this. So a father's blessing so when Kevin, the leader, began to explain how the session would play out, um, almost immediately upon him saying the words, a father's blessing, I began to weep, like, uncontrollably. Now, y'all probably know I'm not a stranger to crying, but, like, weeping, <laughs> it's not really a frequent occurrence for me. But crying, okay, yeah, tears, okay. But, like, this was really, like, a deep place in me was like coming out and I couldn't control it and I'm just kind of like breathing and I'm like crying and it's it was a lot um and although I could like name some quick reasons why this would be a meaningful experience for me um the depth of of what was happening on the inside of me was like beyond what I could really name um and as I wept, maybe for about 30 to 40 minutes, um, and it was so beautiful because people that I'd been 
spending my weekend with just came over and loved on me. And, and then people that I really hadn't had a chance during the weekend to connect with came over and loved on me. And, and that, that's just beautiful. But as I wept, I could hear the Lord speaking his love over me, telling me that he chases after me, that he longs to give me a robe, a ring, some shoes, and a feast. And I could hear him telling me that I've always had his blessing, always. And today, he was giving me this experience that would mark it for the rest of my life. And the depth of place in my soul and spirit that this moment was touching, it was, it was holy. It was, it was healing. And, and it was a river. And, and all the amazing ways that, that I've been encountering love in my life this past few years, through spiritual direction, through one church, through my family, through my friends, through the abundance of provision from heaven. It's all been just little kisses of love from the Lord. And just kisses that flow from his river of love just for me. God is good. All the time. And all the time, God is good. Sometimes, maybe more than I care to admit, I don't feel like I deserve such a lavish display of love. Um, I'm like, wait a minute, this is really for me? Like, how did I get this? You know, what did I do? Um, and then my thoughts and my feelings toward myself kind of have a way of drowning out the truth of the ways that that God really does love me each and every day. So today I want to share with you the ways God is helping me to recognize the roots of these negative thoughts and giving me his holy thoughts to replace them and to retrain my patterns of thinking. So the title of uh, my story today is Love Overcoming Contempt. Love Overcoming contempt. So this is where you step in. Tell me what's your definition of love. Shout it out loud so we can hear it. Define love. Warm, fuzzy feeling. A hug. One of the best, wanting the best for a person. Anybody else? Well, the Google says, <laughs> love is an intense feeling of deep affection. And several other things, and one more that I decided to share is a great interest or pleasure in something. Kind of like delight. And because my sermon is love overcoming contempt, I also just wanted to share a definition for contempt. 
Contempt is the feeling that a person or a thing is beneath consideration, worthless, or deserving scorn. So, my journey um, with spiritual direction has been amazing, but also wonderfully hard. And that's a phrase I stole from Mike as he smiles over there knowing. Uh, One of my earliest invitations from God when I started my journey with spiritual direction was to be my own friend, to love myself. I even bought a t-shirt that says, loving me, loving me, loving me on it. Um, It's kind of like a prophetic thing. Like when I saw it, I was like, okay, God, I see you. And I had to buy it. And I wasn't there, but I could understand that God is taking me there. And so what I'm sharing with you to do today is the latest leg of my journey on learning how to love myself. So with the help of my spiritual director, I've been able to recognize that contempt for myself is at the root of a lot of the negative feelings that I have about me. In the past few weeks, as I've prayed and and sought the Lord on what I was going to share with you guys, I've been fighting these negative feelings and, and thoughts of contempt against myself. Like, what's wrong with you, Stephanie? Like, it's not that hard. Why are you stressing out? I would recognize like this striving in me to perform for you guys, to measure up to your expertise, because we've got a house full of ministers and theologians and pastors, right? And I'm like, how can I measure up to all of you amazing, beautiful people in the Lord? And and then kind of add to that my history in the church as a woman pastor, not allowed to be ordained, not allowed to call myself pastor, not allowed to administer the elements of communion, not seen or valued as a a contributing leader. Um, All those kind of roots of this contempt, you know, um, feeding my frustration and negativity against myself. And then add to that my health and my need to lose weight. Well, let's just say there's a storehouse of contempt on that one. (laughs) Um... But thank the Lord for spiritual direction. Because it's really helped me recognize this contempt and, it, and how it causes me to self-sabotage. My journal for the past year and a half is full of desperation around my health and expressions of frustration, you know, cries for help from the Lord to to change me and help me be better at whatever I need to be better at so that I can be healthier. Um, Moments of success, moments of failure, recognizing patterns and just grasping to hold on to what the Holy Spirit says and seeking out hope. The contempt that I've I've felt um, feels like rage against hope. And, and it funnels me into these patterns of behavior and thought that, that lead me into self-sabotage. And that's been a big revelation for me. And when I self-sabotage, it can be anything like, uh, you know, the one, overeating. Or eating stuff that I know is bad for me. Binging on Netflix. Not that that's always bad, but at times for me it can be. Avoiding the gym. 
believing all of my negative self-talk like it's the truth. Sadness, hopelessness, denying the success that I do have, not celebrating the wins when I do have them, and, and discounting the effort and changes that I have made. All of which give me the unfortunate motivation just to stop trying and then dive deeper into unhealthy ways of living and eating. And so the relationship that I have with contempt against myself, um, it's coming to an end, though. It's coming to an end, and this is how I know. This past Wednesday uh, evening, I was on my way to the gym when, when this happened. We are about one and a half miles away from the gym. So I was at the light across the street, and I was feeling all this contempt. I still hadn't had one word on a page about what I was going to talk about, but I've just been, you know, and so all these negative mantras are like going on in my head about, you know, why do you keep avoiding it? You're making it too hard. You've talked in front of people for 30 years. What's your problem? You know, there's no excuse, Stephanie. There's all these negative things. And, and, and the whole past, like, 10 days, I've been given all my extra time and space just to hang out with God, like, wait on the Lord, you know, worship, uh, be in that place that I know and the rhythms that I know where I hear from God and just nothing, just nada. And I'm like, heck. And, like, on two occasions, I'm trying to wait on the Lord, but all I could do is sleep. So, Yeah. There's that. Um, I mean, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Do you ever fall asleep when you're waiting on the Lord? Um, I'm trying to be okay with that. Because uh, I think God probably is. Um, so I'm at this light, and like all this negativity is stirring up just in a millisecond. And then the Holy Spirit breaks in. And asks what is a very spiritual directionish question. What might it look like, Stephanie, for you to love yourself right now? In this moment, as you face this wall and this contempt. And so a little bit of tenderness began to sweep over me. And I came through the lot, lot into the parking lot light into the parking lot and I, I was on on the bike pedaling to close my green ring because that's one of my goals this month is to close my green ring every day and I'm doing it so hallelujah um and so I began as I was pedaling just to recount and notice how contempt has been heavy on me and as I shared my spiritual director has been helping me recognize how contempt shows up and what it does when it does. That contempt really does come to kill me, steal me, and destroy me. Does anybody else deal with contempt? Do you know what I'm talking about? So I pedaled and I prayed and I thanked God that I made it to the gym. Um, I thanked Holy Spirit that, that, that she broke in and... and, and changed my course of thinking to give me the intention to love myself, 
to be tender with myself and to be kind to myself. So this time, love was overcoming contempt because I heard the Holy Spirit ask me, what would it look like? What would it feel like? What would it sound like for you to love yourself right now? Be tender toward yourself. Be gracious toward yourself and care about you instead of agreeing with contempt. I mean, that's definitely what I would tell my students if they came to me and were talking about this. And I've been, um, so with the help of my spiritual director, I've been working on living with a posture of love towards myself versus loving myself in a moment. And loving yourself in a moment is definitely important, but it's different, right? Like, do you, do you hear that difference? Do you see that there's a difference? And when I stepped in the gym that night, I could, I could recognize that, that being there was a way that I was loving myself. A week before um, that night, I was on the phone uh, or on Telegram with my friend Vicki. Her and her husband live in Ukraine, so please pray for them and pray for Ukraine. Uh, they are definitely going through it, and you know that. But we were talking about worship, and I shared with her that going to the gym is worship for me. And she was like, what? <laughs> um, and so I just kind of pointed to a scripture that I'm, most of us are familiar with, uh, Deuteronomy 6, 5, Matthew 22. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Going to the gym is worship because it's the practice of a posture of love toward myself. A posture that God has for me and puts on display, as I shared earlier. And when I love myself as the Lord loves me, it's holy, it's healing, it's worship. I've spent most of my life caring for others, mostly teenagers, and I love teenagers. They're fun and crazy and challenging. <laughs> I grew up Baptist, maybe like some of you all. And I learned these values from the faith. And, and alongside these values of caring for others, I also learned to deny myself, take up my cross, and follow him. And really that kind of mostly ended up translating to me as what I need, what I want, what I require is of lesser value. And then taking care of myself was not a value that, that I was really taught at home or at church. So I did what I was taught. I pushed myself further down, further back to the bottom of the list, all the while longing for someone to see me and love me and know me and value me. So this was, you know, some of the ways that contempt started showing up in my story. But when we practice love for ourselves, we grow in our ability to practice love with others and with God. 
And one of the books we read in our spiritual direction cohort talked about how knowing ourselves increases our ability to know God. And knowing God increases our ability to know ourselves. And, and, and that kind of knowing really is intertwined and inseparable. Because we can't really truly know ourselves apart from knowing God. And the love that God has for us is so crucial to us even being able to understand how to love ourselves. And I think this might be, this disconnect might be one of the main reasons or biggest reasons so many people like me struggle to believe that they're worthy of God's love. Because we're never given permission to love ourselves. And our faith called loving ourselves pride. And I'm just thankful that God is reconstructing that for me so that I can see that his love is the example for me and how I should love myself. And then that fuels me to love others. So all of that and more is why I believe going to the, to, to the gym is how I am one way that I'm establishing a posture of love toward myself. And as I love myself, it's a kindness that I feel translates into worship. And that expands my capacity for loving God, loving others, love, overcoming contempt. It was the 18th of December. I was running errands, listening to a podcast. The podcast was like, love yourself, you know, be kind to yourself. Good, because this is the message I need to hear. And it even encouraged me to say, I love you out loud to myself. So I'm just driving on Shelbyville Road in front of Oxmoor Mall, and I'm like, I love you, Stephanie. <laughs> Again, the tears. <laughs> Again, deep tears. And I'm, I wasn't expecting that. Um, but as I sat there, like, wiping my eyes and realizing, I don't think I could ever recall a time that I'd said those words out loud to myself. Thankfully, thankfully, I was in stop-and-go traffic so I could have my moment. <laughs> um, love, overcoming contempt. And a few weeks later, I was feeling the pressure of my negative thoughts, and I just wanted to, like, raid a Krispy Kreme and, like, eat every donut in sight. I mean, have you ever had a moment like that? <laughs> Food has been a comfort and a safe place for me most of my life. But Holy Spirit took me back to Shelbyville Road, in front of the Oxmore Mall. And in that moment, I just repeated those words of love over myself like 10, 15, 20 times. I love you, Stephanie. 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 And y'all, it was a miracle. I didn't need those donuts anymore. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's progress, right? It's progress. Um, this must be the way into a posture of love toward myself. That's love overcoming contempt. I want to take you to Psalm 18. And this first section... Um, I want to read is 28 through 33, so I'm not, yeah, it'll, I guess it'll be on two slides. But this is where I've been. God, 
all at once, you turned on a floodlight for me. You are the revelation light in my darkness. And in your brightness, I can see the path ahead. With you as my strength, I can crush an enemy horde. I don't even know what a horde is, but I'm going to crush it. <laughs> Advancing through every stronghold that stands in front of me. Yahweh, what a perfect God you are. All of Yahweh's promises have proven true. What a secure shelter for all those who turn to hide themselves in you. The wrap around God. Could there be any other God like Yahweh? No way! For there is not a more secure foundation than you. God, you have wrapped me in your power and made my way perfect. Now, I'm not perfect by any means. But he has a way of getting in the middle of my mess and working it out, y'all. He works it out. And through you, I ascend to the highest peaks to stand strong and secure in you. Next is verses 34 through 36, and this is kind of where I am right now. You've trained me with the weapons of warfare worship, and my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You should see me at the gym. You empower me for victory with your wraparound presence. Your power within me makes me strong to subdue. And this is one of my favorite parts. By stooping down in gentleness. You made me great. You've set me free. And now I'm standing complete. And I'm ready to fight some more. Right? In the last section, 37 through 40, this is where I'm going. Y'all, I caught up with my enemies. I conquered them, and I didn't turn back until the war was won. I smashed them to pieces, and I finished them once and for all. They're as good as dead. You've placed your armor upon me and made my enemies bow low at my feet, and you've made them all turn tail and run, and through you I've destroyed them all. Amen. Amen. I don't know where you've been. I don't know where you are. I don't know where you're going. But I do know a father who's looking for you, who's chasing after you. I do know a father who has a ring and a robe, some shoes and a feast ready for you. I do know a father whose love can conquer anything, including contempt. So I invite you to ask God, 
to teach you how to live in a posture of love toward yourself. I encourage you to live in the place that Psalm 18 invites us to live. The security and shelter of God's wrap-around presence. Because there's no other God than Yahweh. And I'm here to testify that he is a loving, good, kind, caring father. And he wants to give you a father's blessing and lavish you with love. Love is a feeling. Love is at the center of relationships. And love grows and deepens. And as it grows and deepens, the quality of that love is enhanced. And love's fascination increases. Jesus is the expressed image and personhood of God's love come to life. So how will you invite yourself to come into a greater place of communion with this love? Do you need to grow in your own posture of love towards yourself? I know I do. And how wonderful it is to know that we have a God who chiefly relates to us through love. If you find yourself in need of a greater measure of God's love to experience that wraparound presence, I invite you to come light a candle just as a way of expressing your desire, your prayer to God that you need him to love you more and you need to connect to that love more. To find your safety in God. To be seen and known by God. To be held by Jesus. Because Jesus cares for you. Jesus loves you. Your life matters. And he's listening. So will you come?